Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Noise in Brief, PR Week UK's fortnightly podcast series, where we discuss the biggest industry news stories from the past week in a bite-sized format. I'm Siobhan Holt, news editor at PR Week UK, and today I'm joined by our reporters Evie Barrett and Eliza Radu. Let's begin by talking about the biggest news story over the last few days, which is Marks and Spencers. Marks and Spencers last week removed a social media post, which was an outtake from its Christmas clothing and home campaign film. The image showed burning paper party hats, and it was removed after some social media users pointed out that the colours resembled those of the Palestinian flag. In a statement, M&S apologised for any unintentional hurt caused by the post. Did you see the post, Evie, and what did you think? I didn't actually see the post, first of all. I mainly saw the headlines about the apology that M&S had issued. So mm-hmm. I think it was surprising that they gave that response so quickly and it might have actually drawn more attention to the whole issue than perhaps if they'd left it for a while before speaking out. Yeah, I agree. That was sort of my interpretation of it as well. I think I did see the post, but I don't think I actually spotted... I think I was more looking at the dress, which I think was what the post was trying to highlight. 
And then I saw the statement and was quite confused by the statement because it wasn't as clear. I think the points that they made in the apology were widely valid. They pointed out that the ad was recorded in August, which is obviously way before the recent conflict in Israel and Gaza, which began last month. They said that the aim was to playfully show that some people just don't enjoy wearing Christmas paper hats over the festive season, which I guess is the overall sentiment. What do you think, Eliza? Were they too quick to apologise in your view? I can see why some people felt offended by this campaign or this little clip that they posted on social media. I think when you're working in PR, you have to stay on top of current social issues and current political issues. Mm -hmm. But also I do see it as quite a stretch. I don't think they intentionally tried to offend anyone or cause any harm. However, they did. But with their response, I feel like they should have been a little bit slower and taken a little bit more time because as soon as they responded, it gave people a reason to react. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot of, the reaction to the apology and not a reaction to the initial post. Because I'm like, Evie, I didn't see the post either, but I saw the headlines and I saw comments and that formulated my opinion on it. But looking back now, it's a very tricky issue Mm -hmm. when it comes to setting the right tone and not setting the right tone. M&S is a traditional British retailer and red, silver, green, blue are all kind of Christmas colours. So I don't think they wanted to cause harm, but they did. I think, like you say, it's a case of reviewing what you're about to put out in the context of what's going on in the world at the moment. There have been other examples of things that have kind of just been misjudged with the timing of when they've gone out. I remember in 2018, there was an ad from Zoopla, which used the phrase Me Too. And that came out just after the whole Me Too campaign against sexual harassment. And a lot of people interpreted that as kind of newsjacking and playing on the whole situation when it probably wasn't intended to be used that way. So I think as a comms team, you have a responsibility to stay on top of what's going on in the news. I think I found it quite interesting that they had actually given a reason. I think sometimes when comms departments release statements like that, they do just do a blanket apology, which I understand. But I did find it interesting that they sort of tried to, in the nicest possible, defend what had happened by explaining that they had done the Mm. filming back in August which I thought was an interesting take. What did you guys think of that? I think the fact they defended it, but also deleted the post was kind of mixed messages in a way. I think if a brand is going to kind of take that stance and back up what it's done, then deleting the post defeats the object of that in a way. Yeah. And I I do think from a comms perspective, from Marks and Spencer, it should have been a week really that they were celebrating to release their two big campaigns that they've worked Mm. all year for I did think it was quite a shame really but as we've sort of said there is a sort of sense check before these things and it's a big reputation and obviously with Marks and Spencer's heritage as well Mm. it's a fine line isn't it do you react do you not react and you can probably be punished either way so I do feel a bit bit of sympathy in that respect yeah Um, I think especially as there were also separate complaints about the ad as a whole I think they've had quite a bit of backlash. There were complaints to the ASA about the clip depicting a negative image of Christmas. And I mean, there are scenes of Christmas cards being burnt with a blowtorch and an elf toy being battered from a rooftop. And people were saying that that was depicting dangerous behaviour and that children shouldn't see that, which 
I understand, but I think before I saw kind of that criticism, I mm. thought it was quite a, a fun ad and I quite enjoyed it. So Yeah, I quite enjoyed it as well. Um, I found it, it got me in the Christmas spirit, started thinking about my Christmas cards. But I think for me, I found it quite unusual really that they've taken the stance that they've taken in the campaign because Marks and Spencers I would describe as quite a traditional British retailer their clientele I would imagine are keen to be buying their Christmas cards crackers preparing the food so the angle that they've taken in that campaign is quite a bold move for M&S would you agree? I would agree it's not my favourite campaigns out of the ones we've seen thus far but that's mainly because I feel like they were trying to do something very extreme. When I think of Christmas, I think cosy, I think loving. And I didn't get that from this campaign, although I think they did try it. This campaign, seeing things burning, seemed a little bit cold to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not the ideal depiction of Christmas in my head. I don't celebrate Christmas. So when I normally see Christmas iconography, It's something I think is quite wholesome. Mm -hmm. This campaign for me was not wholesome, but it wasn't the worst. I do think that disruptive Christmas campaigns can work, but just probably not from a heritage brand like M&S. I I think so too. They just don't really seem like the right type of brand to be putting that messaging out there. Although generally I did enjoy that campaign a lot. I think there were some elements of it that were really well done, particularly the music. I mean, our Christmas campaign panel, to bring the the discussion to the wider campaigns that have come out, our panel have pointed out there's been some great music choices this year. And I think M&S really reflects that. They used a cover of Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything For Love, but it was re-recorded by the artist Ray Black, which I thought was a great version and a nice twist on the classic song. I know that's a bit of a... Christmas campaign trope. They also worked with the director Ali Panky, who I'm personally a fan of. I think she's done some great music videos and things like Black Mirror. So that was quite a nice, I think creatively, mm-hmm. it, it was quite aesthetically pleasing. I think music played a big part of the Christmas campaigns this year. I'm a big fan of Eve and Gwen Stefani. So I was pleasantly surprised to hear their music being used in the TK Maxx campaign especially since other campaigns usually feature musicians such as Michael Bublé and Rick Astley, who, in my opinion, are completely traditional to the Christmas spirit. Although the music didn't feel particularly Christmassy, I did enjoy the execution of the campaign and I thought the story was really cute and wholesome. I also think they got their message across very well, especially since they're stereotyped as a, and I put this in quotes, a cheap and affordable brand. But I think they've seemed to change their narrative with this campaign. Another campaign that I loved was Boots. I was impressed with their partnership with the Hygiene Bank, especially since it's been a very difficult year for most people. I think the partnership showed a bit of humility that I haven't seen much of this year. And I think it hit the Christmas mark perfectly. Looking at the campaign itself, it's about a mother and daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's about their trip to Santa Claus and they're just giving back to the community. And I thought it was so sweet. Did you I, like the flight socks at the end? I did like the flight <laughs> for, socks. For I Santa. think purpose played a really big part in this strategy because it's interesting because I don't feel like many campaigns have been able to be purposeful. But we have to wait and see till John Lewis's campaign comes out because I'm excited for that. Yeah, I am as well. And I agree. Mm. I, I think there's been more humour this Christmas so far. You know, Buble 
has been quite a funny one. The cameos from Graham Norton in Waitrose and the gloves in Marks and Spencers mm. with the Rex and Bosses. Yeah. Um, I think purpose hasn't been so far as strong. You're right. I think Liddles was one of the first ones that I actually really noticed, which was a link with a charity buying toys for children which I thought was an interesting move from them because they're not really known as a toy retailer or selling toys. So I thought that was an unusual choice. They do have the middle section of every little, which has bins of things. So I guess they do <laughs> sell toys, but like they're very random. Yeah, the random aisle. <laughs> Absolutely. What was your favourite then, Evie? Go on. There are a lot that I liked. We are talking about how there are a lot of more humorous campaigns this year and the one which really stood out for me in that aspect, was Audi's. They've brought Kevin the Carrot back and they've made a film called Kevin and the Christmas Factory, which <laughs> it did get a, an actual laugh from me when I watched it in the office this morning. You so did. <laughs> that's always a good sign. I think the fact that it revolves around Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is obviously quite topical with the new Wonka film coming out. So I think that's quite a nice tie-in to make it relevant. And it's fun and it's just... And a wholesome... Yeah, yeah. exactly. And Kevin the Carrot can do no wrong. Exactly. And he's building up a bit of momentum every year. <laughs> <laughs> were there any that you were a bit sceptical about? I won't say didn't like, because, you know, we're not here for the hate. But were there any that you were a bit like, that's not really for me, or you didn't think was right for Christmas? I didn't really understand Sports Direct's campaign. I agree. I think it was quite similar to the campaign they did last year. And I think for their target audience, it must have an appeal. I just personally couldn't figure out what the appeal would be. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think people in the Christmas panel were kind of saying the Christmas element itself isn't that strong and that's probably where it's lacking a bit for me. But maybe it's very hard to tie sports and Christmas together. Mm. Who knows? So that JD did it very well last year. They did. PR Week has reported on the sad news that drinks PR agency Domino Communications has ceased trading today, uh, which also follows the recent closure of comms agency Signs Magic, which many of you may know its previous name, which was the communications store. Could these recent closures point to challenging times across the sector is my question. Evie, what do you think? Well, I mean, I think we should acknowledge that generally the luxury agency landscape is a more difficult one. It's kind of, mm. it's more difficult to operate in successfully because there are lower margins in the sector and typically we see a lower revenue per head. I actually spoke to some luxury comms agency bosses to get their perspective on the current trading conditions. And I thought it was interesting. I heard from uh, Rosie Shepherd, who founded Shepherd Communications and also Luxury Communications Council and she admitted that the industry has been grappling with some slow growth figures and that the past year has kind of been an era of sink or swim for luxury focus agencies. In terms of agencies that are doing quite well there's kind of two different schools of thought as to how they're they're proceeding. There's sort of the dilemma of whether to be a total specialist in the luxury sector or whether to expand your offering which could potentially be seen as more of a jack-of-all-trades but I think both approaches are valid. I spoke to Clementine Comms and they told me that they'd honed their expertise within luxury. Few other agencies told me that they're offering different services now. So James Massey at Massey Style said that traditional PR and influence is only part of what successful agencies can offer. Basically pointing out that when your clients really trust you, they value your knowledge on a wider range of topics and they want that input at different levels. 
a range of views there, but I think while there's no one right way to approach luxury comms, it's good to see that generally the sector is evolving and different agencies are finding different approaches that work for them. Yeah, and I think obviously my background before I started working at PR Week, I used to write about jewellery and watches. And so they've had a rough time of it. COVID, a lot of shops closed for that. And so that impacted. But then it seemed to peak. They seemed to Mm -hmm. actually do quite well as a luxury market because people had, well, some people had a bit of extra money, so they were able to spend. As things have opened and changed and we've gone back, I think that's really impacted again. So it's inevitable, really, that the sector's going to face challenges, which is what we're probably seeing at the moment. So as you say, I think it's one to keep an eye on. But it's promising that some are looking at different avenues, I think. Finally, one of our most read stories recently on PR Week related to a decision made by Unilever. They've said they're going to stop force-fitting brand purpose. Evie, you wrote the story on this. What's this about? Yeah, so that was a comment made by Hein Schumacher, who became CEO of Unilever a couple of months ago. He gave a company update and... He said that the company is going to stop force-fitting brand purpose across its entire portfolio, which on the surface seems like quite a bold claim, but actually he can justify it quite well. Schumacher said that Unilever's sustainability efforts have been spread too thinly recently, that they've been too focused on long-term goals rather than making a short-term impact. He acknowledged that some of their brands have seen really successful purpose campaigns, particularly Dove, with their real beauty and their self-esteem project. And work like this is going to continue, but for other brands, the CEO just admitted that purpose isn't really relevant. I thought it was quite interesting. I posted this story on LinkedIn and I got a response from Mark Perkins, who's the creative director at Cal, and he said that he'd worked with Unilever as a client in the past and that each brand was supposed to have this defined higher purpose in all of its campaigns. So, for example, with Hellman's mayonnaise, food waste is a big issue. But he said that no one in the agency or within the business could come up with a higher purpose for Marmite other than being spread on toast. <laughs> well, that seems like a time of the debate, especially with this being quite a a leader. Unilever is quite a leader. Mm. And, and given the reluctance from some brands to make public statements on the Israel-Hamas war. Yeah, I think they've always been very purpose-focused. And it's not that they're moving away from that, but the change in approach could maybe see other brands do the same. When it comes to which brands to do business with, I think consumers such as myself consider more than just the products or the service they offer. I personally believe that brand purpose messaging has become a unique selling point. As purpose messaging seems to be in decline, I think some brands are losing some credibility. Personally, I wouldn't shop with a brand that I don't share values with. But I do understand what Schumacher is saying. Not every brand can have a message. But to me, it's kind of a setback on ESG, which some people speculate is in decline. And you can read that Unilever story on our website. We've also got two conferences coming up. We've got Measurement, which is on the 14th of November, and Strategic Internal Communications, which is taking place on the 21st and the 22nd of November. You can find out more details about that on PRWeek.com. That's all for this week's podcast. Noise and Brief goes live every two weeks, but look out for our Beyond the Noise podcast, which comes out next week. Thanks to our reporters, Evie and Eliza, and thanks to you for listening. Bye. Bye.